بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن ولا Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Safina Society Nothing But Facts live stream. Here we are on the final Monday in uh, the month of August, and the summertime is closing down, and you can really start to feel a little bit of a coolness in the air and a little bit of a crispness. And Monday, of course, is the day we read everything about the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Let me begin with a little Q, not really a Q&A, but we had a Q&A in... Uh, on Friday with Celebrate Mercy and a sister or a brother, can't recall, had asked about Al-Hin. What is Al-Hin wal-Bin that Imam uh, Ibn Kathir mentions? And he's not the only one who mentions it. Many others mention a concept that is really, we could say, purely mythological in nature called Al-Hin wal-Bin wal-Khinni wal-Shinni wal-Sinni wal-Din. All these names are given to it. And what are they? And chances, and what it appears to be that this myth, this, it's, we can, can't really say that there's hard evidence for it, but it's said that there were a type of creature that is not a jinn, not a human, not an animal. It has aspects of these things. Uh, but it is not a jinn at all. It's 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 of our dimension. In other words, we can't see jinn, right? It's an it's something of our dimension. We could see it, and that it's something that is an upright but animal-like creature. They call this al hin wal khin wal bin. Okay, other books call them a din wa sin wa shin, and that it is one of the theories is that yet juja majuja from them. And hence, they are upright, and they may appear to be human-like, but are not. And they have a lot of attributes of animals, as if emerged between animals and humans. Well, just this is just for information. There, there's no actual substantiation for their existence. Uh, if we, if we. If we want to open the door to narrations, aqwal and qil wal qal, then yes, there are so-called sightings of such creatures, right, in the paranormal world. People who like to talk about these bizarre sightings and stuff. None of these sightings we can say are would would withstand a, a thorough examination and of credibility. Okay. What's the purpose then? Well, one of the purposes is that it does actually answer some questions. If such a thing was true, well, it answers the question of where certain uh, fossils, it explains certain fossils. It explains certain teeth or whatever that were found uh, way before the supposed or the estimated existence of the human being. Right? So that possibly would answer that question. And Allah knows best. But I just wanted to mention that I did some... There's not much research to do because there's not much evidence. But it was enough for Ibn Kathir... Let's actually read directly Ibn Kathir's statement on it. Um, Ibn Kathir... uh, On... 
الحن والبن اوكي اتس ان البدايه والنهايه اوكي and if if we find something good then we retitle this pre um you know life on earth before human beings قال كثير من العلماء علماء التفسير خلقت الجن قبل ادم عليه السلام وكان قبلهم في الارض الحن والبن you see that before them on the earth were الحن والبن okay فصلت الله الجن عليهم then the jinn were created after them after الحن والبن this 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 pre human creation Okay, and it's not necessarily um, that they couldn't see the jinn. Maybe they could see the jinn. Maybe al hin wal bin could see the jinn. All right. فقتلوهم وأجلو وأجلوهم أجل not أجلوهم جلا meaning push something away. عنها وأبادوهم منها وسكنوها بعدهم. So they pushed away, they basically almost extincted this group of people, this this creation, Al-Hinwal Bin. So the theory is that they ended up moving into caves and they exist in a very small number, right? And they, again, are upright animals, you could call that. No, there's no upright animal today, right? Even the monkey is not really upright. He can stand upright, but he's not, you don't see monkeys walking around. They walk on all fours. Sometimes on two and mostly on four, though, right? Same with the gorilla. But this type of creature, it's like a, a fusion between the animal and the human. And it apparently is non-rational. Okay? Allah knows best about that. Okay? وَذَكَرَ السُّدِي فِي تَفْسِيرِهِ عَنْ أَبِي مَالِكٍ عَنْ أَبِي صَالِحٍ عَنْ إِبْنِ عَبَّاسٍ عَنْ مُرَّ عَنْ إِبْنِ مَسْعُودٍ عَنْ نَاسٍ مِنْ أَصْحَابِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ لَمَّا فَرَغَ اللَّهُ مِنْ خَلْقِ مَا This is a narration that goes back to companions. Okay. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had completing, had created what he loved to create. Okay. What he willed to create. And he placed Iblis, okay, على ملك الدنيا. وكان قبيلة من الملائكة يقال لهم الجن وإنما سموا الجن لأنهم خزان الجنة خزان الجنة There are some malaika that were called jinn but they were not jinn they were angels and they were in charge of the angels فجعل إبليس على ملك الدنيا Apparently uh, Iblis was given a position okay, over the dunya وكان إبليس مع ملكه خازنا فوقع في صدره إنما أعطاني الله هذا لمزية لي على الملائكة. So Iblis was in charge of this حياة الدنيا, this world. He was in charge of it. Okay. It entered into Iblis's heart that he was given this because he's better than angels even. So now the arrogance entered into Iblis. وذكر الضحاك عن ابن عباس أن الجن لما أفسدوا في الأرض وسفكوا الدماء the jinn, when they lived in this earth, they wreaked havoc. Okay, remember, the earth is a place where your free will is tested. The The metaphor of like um, Lord of the Flies. Did you read Lord of the Flies? Yeah. And there's a modernized version of Lord of the Flies where they send a bunch of kids, babies out on a spacecraft. 
that's going to take 80 years to get to a new planet. Okay. It's basically Lord of the Flies, but they just remade it into a modern version where let's just take some kids and put them. But it's the same thing. The human being is essentially put on this earth. Let's see what you're all going to do. Right. And we'll test your free will. So the jinn did badly. Iblis was brought down to, to, to send to the, these wicked jinn. And some angels came here and they fought them. And they made them live into the, in the islands and the deserts. They basically cleared the earth of them. And only some remnants lived in the islands and the deserts. وَقَالَ مُحَمَدِ بْنِ إِسْحَاقَ عَنْ خَلَّادِ عَنْ عَطَاءِ عَنْ طَاوُسِ عَنْ إِبْنِ عَبَّاسٍ كَانَ إِسْمُ إِبْلِيسِ قَبْلَ أَنْ يَرْتَكِبَ الْمَعْصِيَةَ عَزَازِيلِ Before Iblis was named that, he had an honorific title, the glory of Allah, عَزَازِيلِ because he was one of the best of Allah's creation. And some say before that, his actual name was Harith. Harith, uh, Harith is a farmer, essentially. But it means basically someone who... who um, Invests and gets some benefit. That's basically the, the name of the name the the value of the name has. Wakanamin Sukan al Art and he lived on the earth. Women Ashad al Mala Ekati Ichtihadan Wakfarhum Ailman Wakanamin uh Hayin Yukalulahum al Jin. Of course he was not an angel, but he lived on the earth and he was from the best in Ibadah and the best in knowledge. He had the most knowledge. This we cannot we're not accepting that anything called a concept of a for, a fallen angel. We all know that. In Islam there's no fallen angels. Okay. In Christianity, demons were angels. Okay, and then they fell. We don't have this concept. Angels can never fall. Angels can never be bad. Angels do not have the capacity to disobey Allah. They have the capacity to think, to do good things, to, to want other good things. But they have no capacity to disobey Allah whatsoever. Okay? And so what they say is that because he was so good, he was allowed to live amongst angels. And he could see them. وَقَدْ أَسْنَدَ أُسْنِدْ أَوْ أَسْنَدَ عَنِ الْحَجَّاجَ عَنِ ابْنِ جُرَيْجْ قَالَ ابْنِ عَبَّاسِ كَانَ إِبْلِيسُ مِنْ أَشْرَفِ الْمَلَائِكَةِ وَكْرَمِهِمْ قَبِيلَةً وَكَانَ خَازٍ عَلَى الْجِنَانِ وَكَانَ لَهُ سُلْطَانِ سَمَاءِ الدُّنْيَا So he was, the, according to this narration, in charge of this the realm of life. He was in charge of this. Okay. وَكَانَ لَهُ سُلْطَانُ he managed the, this realm that we're in right here. Yasus Yani uh, manages it. Ibn Jarir narrated that. وَقَالَ قَتَادَ عَنْ سَعِيدِ بْنِ الْمُسَيِّبِ كَانَ إِبْلِيسُ رَئِيسُ الْمَلَائِكَةِ السَّمَاءِ الدُّنْيَا كَانَ إِبْلِيسُ رَئِيسَ مَلَائِكَةِ السَّمَاءِ الدُّنْيَا Iblis was in charge. He was the Ra'is of the angels of this world. Okay, he was even in charge. He had angels, and that's not far fetched. Angels are serving us, right? Writing our deeds, so it's not far fetched that he is now put in a position, and angels are working under him. He was never an angel. There is no such thing in this. That's one of the corrections that we have to make. All right, no such thing as a fallen angel. He was amongst them, and he fell. Okay, لم يكن من الملائكة طرفتين. 
And it is said that he was the first of the jinn. Just like Adam is to the human beings, Iblis was to the jinn. He was not like a young child of the jinn. No, he is the asl of the jinn. And when we say jinn are made of fire and humans are made of mud, that doesn't mean we remain to be that way. Because clearly, you'll be born and die, you'll never be mud, right? Your origin, you're made of mud. Just like, what is glass made out of? Isn't it made of sand, right? Glasses, could you look that up? Glass is made out of sand. But glass, even when you make it and you destroy it, it's never sand, right? So just because you're made of something does not mean that you will ever be that thing, okay? So uh, in the same way that uh, uh, a diamond was made of coal, but it's not coal anymore, right? So likewise, the origin, the original piece of matter of the jinn are fire and of the human being are is mud. And of the angels is light. وَقَالَ شِهْرِ بْنِ حُوشَبْ شِهْرِ وَغَيْرُهُ كَانَ إِبْلِيسِ مِنَ الْجِنِّ الَّذِينَ تَرَدُوهُمُ الْمَلَائِكَةُ فَأَسِيرَهُ بَعْضُهُمْ وَذَهَبَ بِهِ إِلَى السَّمَاءِ The angels fought the jinn and they captured some jinn but he was a believer from amongst the jinn, so he was taken up. It's in, just boggles your mind how much history there is, right? How old is Iblis, for example? Uh, how much history has Jibreel seen? How many species has, does not Allah say in the Quran, وَيَخْلُقُ مَا لَا تَعْلَمُونَ He creates things that you don't know about. And in fact, the Quran is, is, this is our ultimate source of transmitted knowledge, right? We can discover things with our eyes and our ears and go out there and, 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 and try to discover and dig up bones and stuff and, and we can gain some little bit of information there. But the transmitted knowledge is in fact, Allah has made it easy for us. If he had filled the Quran with everything that existed, our brains would blow up. We wouldn't be able to have the capacity to understand, Right? So he's reduced it. For example, prophets, 120-some thousand prophets. How many are in the Qur'an? So how many dramas were there in life, in, this, in the history of the world? And how many species have existed? Okay. And how many dimensions exist? So we're here in this world, but we only see our dimension. We don't see the dimension of the jinn, right? And that's all of this is just this abode at dunya. The next abode, it's a perfect abode. It's the heavenly realm. And we just can't, we cannot fathom. We just cannot even fathom. We can't begin to fathom, okay, what's happening in that dimension. And it is not just 10 times, not just 100 times, exponentially times, exponentially greater. And the Prophet ﷺ said, imagine you throw a ring in the Arabian desert. He just said the desert, but it was the Arabian desert. Imagine a ring. Toss a ring in the Arabian Peninsula. That's us relative to the first heaven. The first, the next the next world above us. Okay. And that ring is not just the earth. It's the whole, everything that we could see with our eyes. The whole universe, galaxy, everything. Think about this 
It actually strengthens your dua. It's like, what am I praying for? Some crumbs. Relative to this. And who, look at the stories that Allah has created for us in this world. Look at the number of creatures. What am I asking for? A couple, couple grand, right? <laughs> like, think of what, what is a person at? A couple mil? It's nothing. Imagine you went to a man, an old, uh, imagine you went to an old billionaire that just basically gives him, a, it makes him happy to give away some money. And people come in and he always writes him a check, writes him a check. How much money has he given away? He's given away a trillion dollars. How confident do you feel walking in on that person? And you know, your knowledge is that he's given away over a trillion dollars, right? He basically just gives stuff away now. You feel very confident. And that's one of the reasons why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like how does it link to our lives? Is that when you start thinking of the vastness of this creation and the history, right? Whatever we are asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whatever anyone's asking us, this is nothing, right? You should be really generous. And you see, kem amfaq, the Prophet says, kem amfaq, okay? How much has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala given out? Angels, jinn, fish, birds, animals that we don't even know. It's unreal, subhanAllah. لَمَّا أَرَادَ اللَّهُ خَلْقَ آدَمَ لِيَكُونَ فِي الْأَرْضِ هُوَ وَذُرِّيَّتُهُ مِنْ بَعْدِهِ وَصَوَّرَ جُثَّتَهُ That's the proof that Adam was a statue for him. صَوَّرَ جُثَّتَهُ مِنْهَا جَعَلَ إِبْلِيسُ وَهُوَ رَئِيسُ الْجَانِّ وَأَكْثَرُهُمْ عِبَادَةً إِذْ ذَاكَ وَكَانَ إِسْمُهُ عَزَزِيلٌ يُطِيفُ بِهِ فَلَمَّا رَآهُ أَجْوَفْ عَرَفَ أَنَّهُ خَلْقٌ لَا يَتَمَالَكٌ So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then created Adam for the earth after the jinn had failed the mission this was extremely offensive to Iblis. He took offense to this. this. Our people were here. All right, your people failed. You were an exception. So you're going to come and live with the angels. And he saw that, oh, Allah's will is not... Ha- Even though heaven is perfect, the heavens are different from paradise. The heavens are perfect. But his will, his great will, is not happening in there. It's happening on earth. Okay. It's happening on the earth. Even though the earth is smaller, this is greater with regard to Allah's will. Allah's will is happening here. Why? The free, the creatures with free will are being put here to see who will love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on their own, with their own heart, right? And in the ghaib. Because here we are veiled from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're veiled from the angels. We're veiled from all the perfection of the heavens. So we are here to worship Allah on our own, with our own free will. Okay. So Iblis, he became upset. And Allah Ta'ala used the earth, the soil of the earth and the water of the heavens to create the statue of the form of Adam, the body of Adam. He was the only creature, only human being ever to be a pure, solid statue state. Jutha. Okay, body with no soul. Okay, Bedan, just a body with no soul. 
Iblis became obsessed. And his name at that point was Azazil, the glory of Allah. And he began going, just circling him, looking at every inch of this creation. And then he noticed something. He's hollow. Like there's a hollowness to him. Like you have, you have holes, nostrils, you go in the nostrils, right? Out the mouth, food into the mouth, out the back, out the front, ears, noise can come in. Pores, right? You have pores. Fluid, oils can come in, come out. He realized he can be affected. I can affect this creature. Just like what? Like if I have a wiffle ball versus a baseball, right? If I have a wiffle ball, you can blow on it and it could move. Baseball, not so much. Right? Solid. Right? Ahmed Ali. Good? All right. So he realized I, I can move this creature. I can affect this creature. Uh, okay. Okay. When finally Allah Ta'ala blew the spirit into Adam Iblis had promised, oh human being, if I have a chance, just if I have a chance, I'm going to ruin you. And if you have a chance against us, you can't ruin us. Right? We'll never listen to you. Iblis is the first of the jinn and the father of all jinn. Just like Adam is the father of all humans. So that's the rivalry, right? That is, and the animosity is pretty much one way. Human beings have no problem going to say, oh, there's no such thing as devils. Right? There's no such thing as demons, no such thing as jinn. Who cares about them? Right? Yeah, because we we don't see them. We came after them, right? We don't know his history. But Iblis is like that firstborn who lives a long history, then another child is born. The child care less about the firstborn. He doesn't know that history. He's not affected by it. The firstborn now sees all of a sudden the parents that used to give him all the attention are now giving that baby all the attention. The firstborn develops a hatred for the secondborn. In every family, There's it's natural envy unless he cures himself, right? The secondborn never feels that way towards the firstborn, right? Never feels that way. Likewise, the Yehud, their reaction to, the, to Christians and to Muslims. Whereas Muslims don't have that same reaction towards Christians and Jews, right? So it's the same thing here. And so Iblis, he had a great envy and animosity. This was a great offense. He took great offense, the idea that the jinn are out and the humans are now in. All right? Took great offense to this. And hasad, ultimately, so many aqidah errors are in hasad. Hasad is a disease of the heart. That is its own punishment. That is a result of an immense amount of errors in aqidah and ghafalat. First error in aqidah. What are you hasiding for? People hasid because they imagine that you're happier than us. 
Why? You have more stuff, more position, more rank than me. Therefore, that position and rank makes you happy. So you're going to be happier, enjoying life more than I am. That's the first mistake. The first mistake is that happiness is not by stuff. Allah can make someone a janitor truly and genuinely more happy than the CEO. More at peace than the CEO. That's number one. Number two, aren't we in the height of dunya? It's not an abode of hap- it's not an abode of permanent happiness. Nobody will ever have absolute happiness or absolute wretchedness. It's mixed. It's like a checkerboard, right? It's always going to have good days and bad days. It's not the abode to be envious for. It's a junk abode. It's a testing ground. You're in an airport. Imagine someone goes and writes like a review of a bus station. Hey, I'm writing here a review. This bus station, the bench is not comfortable. The sign has a little bit of water on it. The map is not really clear. It's faded. Who cares? It's a bus station. You get there, take the bus and move on. That's Hayat dunya This is Hayat dunya Okay. It's, it's just a, a, it's a train station. It's a bus station. It's an airport. You do your job and you move on. So that's the first thing. Secondly, is not who Allah who decides who should get what? So if Allah decided this person should get this amount, this person should get that, this person should... Who are you to disagree? Agree. Accept it. Move on. This is what's... This is, it's not that this is what's going to make you happy. This is what you need to earn your jannah. That's the correct attitude. Nobody should say, oh, this body that Allah gave you, money that Allah gave you, is what you need to be happy. Because that, it's mistaking and... It's an erroneous understanding of the goal of this Hayat Duni. This goal of Hayat Duni, it's enough for you to earn your Akhirah. That's what you need. And you get enough Sakina to know that you're doing the right thing. Sakina is very different from joy and happiness and partying. Right? All these celebrities, they have all that joy, happiness, and party. They have that happiness, partying, pleasure. Do they have the same Sakina? I would doubt it. Otherwise, there wouldn't be more psychiatrists and... Hollywood than anywhere else in the country. Okay. You get enough sakina, you'll be happy. Enough to survive. Like airplane food. Airplane food. The happiness of Hayat Dunya is very much similar to airplane food. It's enough, right? It's good enough, right? It's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be something you're going to be amazed by. Gets the job done, right? It gets the job done. Like, I'm not grouchy. I can fall asleep. I pick up a book, fall asleep, and finish the flight. That's airplane food for you, right? Some airplane food is better than others, but at the end of the day, what's the margin between United and, like, Emirates, right? What's the margin? It's like, yeah, I'll take the Emirates any day of the week, but what is the margin here? Uh, This much? It's not going to be, like, a five-star restaurant versus... Even that, let's say, if this one says, listen, I'm going to give you a top-of-the-line steak or I'm going to give you a decent hamburger. If you ask me, at the end of result is going to be, I'm going to be, I'm fine. I'm fine either way. Whether you give me like a decent cheeseburger or a top-of-the-line steak. Yeah, the top-of-the-line steak is going to get you, you're going to be way, it's better food. At the end of the day, am I satisfied? Either way, my stomach is full, I'm moving on. Right? Same thing with Hayat dunya 
So anytime someone gets upset about Hajj, you have to just remember. And I'm telling you, this is why it's very good. Allah has a great hikmah here. When Allah says, about parents. When they grow up and reach old age with you, when your parents reach old age with you, there is such an amazing uh, wisdom in having kids and elderly in the same house. You start seeing the whole cycle of life. One group, they're just starting out their life. One group, they're ending their life. One day, that elderly person who's basically living out the end of their life with you was a child. Half a century or more past. Three quarters of a century past, now they're old age. But it's almost like, okay, that's where we're headed. We all started as kids. Now we're adults, but we're headed to that. No matter what happens, whether you get everything you want or absolutely nothing you want, you're going to end up in that little bed, right? And just looking at the walls, counting down the days, right? Got my will ready, got the keffin ready, got everything ready. We're leaving, leaving this high to dunya. That's the value of these meditations. So that once you start thinking about that, your all your hasid goes away. Why would I hasid somebody? Me and him are going to go in the same grave. And his grave is not any better than my grave, right? And I love the saying of who's that famous Michelangelo, I think. Who was it? Let me check. Someone said this. One of those Italian painters. Who was it? Let me tell you right now. Was it, huh? Da Vinci. Da Vinci. He said, listen to this quote from Da Vinci. A well-spent day brings happy sleep. In the same way, a well-used life brings happy death. What's a well-used life? It's a life where, like, you could actually say, I spent it on charity. I spent it, I did well by the people that count upon me, Right? I did well on my, uh, with my deen. I gave the Quran my attention. I gave the local, I helped out. None of my family members, I didn't really injure them badly. We were always going to hurt each other, right? But not in the big way. I didn't murder somebody, for example. A well-lived life brings a happy death. I was talking to another brother. I said, subhanAllah, you know, like, the, the, the non-believers have such an obsession with staying alive. It's because they don't have anywhere to go. The, but Muslims react to it. It's like, look, if there's medical attention, we'll seek it. No problem. If we die, we die. Right? Sha'rawi is criticized. An 80-year-old man, an interviewer says there's an 80-year-old man. Can he get an, uh, a, a transplant? He said, why would you put him through this trouble? Let him die. Right? <laughs> Give the organs to someone who needs it. Right? Oh, like a mom or something. Let the man die and go to Jannah. That's our mentality. We might not have a pop, a population problem, right? <laughs> if if people were accept, more accepting of death, it's not like you're just going to let yourself die. If the medical attention's there, you take it. If it's not, it's not, right? People die. For thousands of years, people had diseases. They didn't even know they had a disease. They didn't have a cure to the disease. You got a disease. You count. The, you look at your watch and just wait to die. It's accepted for us as Muslims, right? Of course. You know that saving someone's life differs from taking medicine. Saving someone's life is an obligation. Like you're choking right now, I have to save you. But if a person has a disease, they have a choice. I can, taking medicine is in the fiqh between permitted or recommended. It's never obligatory, right? 
You're not obligated, believe it or not. Saving a person's life is an obligation. Okay. These are the prophets I sent to talk about Tadeo. So they said it's recommendation. Others said no. They said permissibility. Right? The two the four meth have split on that. So Iblis, he got this hasad, which is a result of an errors in his understanding of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's not thinking straight about Allah Ta'ala. So where do we leave off? He said, All the malaikata were commanded to make prostration to him while he's still a statue. And Iblis was living amongst them. It's as if, if, the, if the police come and say, everyone step outside. All the owners, all the people of this house step outside. Clearly the guest is part of that, right? The guest is part of the order. So when Allah commanded the angels, it includes the angels and those amongst them. Okay. To step outside. I'm better than him. My origin is the beautiful, powerful fire. Fire is way more powerful, way more beautiful. But what he didn't understand is that the aql can settle better in soil than in fire. That's the difference between the human being and the jinn. And that's why everything about the jinn, the human being will mock it and laugh at it. You tell any jinn story to a rational person, they just shake their heads. This is insanity, right? Why? Because the aql, the intellect, settles, right, very well in the mud, in the soil. But it didn't settle very well in the fire, okay? And so their created and their abode and their dimension is so different that the Prophet ﷺ was once speaking to Sayyidah Aisha and telling her a story. And he told that there was a man named Khurafa. That was his name. He got captured by the jinn in the desert. And sometimes there is an overlap between the human world, that dimension, a portal happens, something happens, where a human could see a jinn or a jinn can see a human, and a human can be taken into the abode of jinn, the world of jinn, right? Now, funny story to tell you about this contemporary times about the world of jinn. And so this man was kidnapped, taken into this world for seven years, then brought out. And he came back and he told everyone what happened to him. And he was in perfect sanity. But the people started, they just started laughing. Like, something's wrong with you. You are you are insane. Okay? And so uh, the word khurafat, khurafat, insane stories, comes from that man. Because that world is to us, their world, the way they live, the way they shape shift, they take forms, the forms of the jinn themselves how they live is to us what we would miss men in black. Like the best way to put it, it's men in black. Like it's this like fiction. We would imagine it to be fiction. I don't know if the British people know what men in black is, but it's basically where the, all the crazy stories are actually real, right? They're actually real. And some people try to hide it by just, they, the way they hide it is they laugh it off. You know how when, when, when a person catches on to the millionaires and billionaires of life and their uh, the real conspiracies behind things and they catch on. Do you know that one of the ways to destroy a, a conspiracy is not to call it a, to, to say it's a conspiracy is that agents from the people who don't want this out 
will then begin feeding more insane stories to the guy who discovered it so that it becomes more and more insane, right? So insane that it's, none of it's credible, even if the first 10% of it was actually true. Like the, first, like the idea that there's a millionaire's club that are a bunch of Satanists, like a billionaire, trillionaire group of guys in the world who are a bunch of Satanists and they meet together and they have satanic rituals. And then if you look at their holdings in the world, they own like 80% of the United States, right? That actually probably the or like that origin of it is probably true. But then in order to actually to kill that story, you can't kill it, right? They would feed the person who discovered that feed him more craziness, more craziness, more craziness until he and everything else about him is discredited. Like Alex Jones probably came out. He probably did discover something true. Like even in Hadith, they say the liar, Hadith al-Mawdu'ah, probably one of them is true, right? Because a liar isn't lying 100% of the time. Maybe he's lying 95% of the time. Well, 5% is true, right? But just by mixing it up, and that's this is at least what he does with religion too. Takes the truth, mix it up with a whole bunch of falsehood, like Catholicism, right? Mix it up with a whole bunch of falsehood so the truth is thrown out with the falsehood. And that's what happens. And so that's the, the world of the jinn. You just think it's all crazy, man. This is just all insane. Because the aql, that's why Iblis thought he's more powerful than the human being, but he didn't know about the aql. And he didn't know that the human being, when he makes a decision, no matter how much temptation, no matter how much whispering, that decision's final. And many, many, many people, and the best of us are like that. And the Sharia comes to make all of us like that. Hence, issues with women, like sex, sex and sexuality, and uh, intoxication, okay, it really has a tight lid around it. Because this stuff will literally make you not be able to think straight. And the human being, the best of us, are those who make a decision... Doesn't mean I'm going to practice it perfectly. Like I just, I'm, I've made a decision. I'm going to do Islam. I'm practicing Islam. Doesn't mean I'm going to be perfect. But I made a decision. Even if I die, that many humans are like this. The best of humans, when they make a decision, they make a decision. No matter how hard it is, no matter how many times I fail at it, no matter how many temptations are there to go away from it, right? What's the the the, the tool by which Allah gives us this istiqama? Istiqama is from Allah. But the tool by which He gives it, the sabab, is the intellect. Hence, you have Shabab today in a world filled with pornography, filled with distractions. Once their mind has come and realized the Quran is true, Hadith is true, Prophet Sallallahu is true, this is done, it's done deal. I'm on it. And he's got hundreds upon thousands of temptations, yet he fights through all of them. Right? Fights through all of them and he sticks with it. And that's what the Satanists, the atheists, the devils, the, these people who worship their whims, they will never understand, and they, they get shocked when they see it. They can't believe they're seeing it. Yeah, because, because we made a committed decision. Come on in. Assalamualaikum. Uh, because we made a committed decision, it doesn't matter how many temptations are in front of us. Okay, fell for the temptation type. Make dope. Not a problem. How's it going, man? Long time no see. What's, how's life with you? Good. All right, so let's look what he says here. خالف الأمر. He disobeyed Allah. He disagreed with the Creator. 
And he's in the abode of the creator, like the heavens, where the angels are seen. There's no disobedience of Allah. It's a perfect realm. And he goes and he disagrees. He was like the malaika in many ways in his perfection. But he was not one of them. They were created from light and he's from nar, from fire. Remember, from fire. That's his origin. Just like we're from mud. But human beings, they're not mud anymore, right? But they're from mud. Just like glass is from sand. Crush it, break it, color it. It's never going to be sand again, ever. So we're likewise, we were from mud, but we're now uh, different uh, from that. Okay. فَخَانَهُ طَبْعُهُ فِي So his nature was the tool by which he went astray. So how did he grow astray? There's always a tool, a mechanism. By what did he go astray? His nature. The fiery nature. Okay? The emotional nature. All right? The um, quick, very quick. The fire always goes up. Water and mud always go down. When a mudslide never goes up. When will you ever see mud go up? In nature. Water always goes down. When you see water, water there's a spring. Yeah, that's an exception. But even the spring, when the water goes up, where does it go? It goes down. Fire, you never see a fire go up and go down. Fires never go down. Fire always goes up. Okay? Fire is out of control. Completely out of control. Right? So his nature, and that's why the human being who is emotional, the sharia comes to cool that emotion down a little bit, but not off. Not off. You can't have it off. You need it on. And the best of us is the one who can turn his emotion on and off with his brain. Okay? We are people... Uh, that our intellect is at the driver's seat, not our feelings, not our emotions. We're not going to get along with Gen Z. You're Gen Z. Uh, what are you? 2000. Which is what? Millennial? It's the border. Okay. Gen Z, no, they get a bad rap, but maybe they earn a bad rap. But it's all about, oh, I feel this way. I identify as this. I don't care. What about the biology in front of my own two eyes, right? Ah, uh, well, so I, like, I feel like I'm 6'8". <laughs> what the heck? Does it make me 6'8"? I feel like I'm 25. So, Al-Nar, uh, Al-Hawa. That's why Iblis, he loves Al-Hawa. Whims, desires, passions. Stoke these things. No, these things are excellent in a place, like a fire. Fire is the best example to you, you have a fireplace you got a stove anywhere in any house that has any sense where there's fire like we all know fireplace the stove if someone's going to light something we need to know where it is right and who can light something no one like if a kid goes to the fridge and gets some water not the end of the world it's just this minor mess but you can't go and um, light a fire right so all sorts of precautions around things that are flammable. Your whims, desires, sexual passions, intoxication, power as a, as a ruler, excessive wealth through, through interest. Like interest, if you use interest, your wealth can go up real quick. It'll intoxicate your brain. All these things have to have very strict parameters, just like the fire and the knife in the kitchen have to have strict parameters around it. You can't just let it be loose. 
Okay. Okay. Mm. He says here, he needed at this point istiqama, but his nature, all right, uh, betrayed him at that point. And of course, he was just not guided because some jinn can be guided. Okay. They are your enemy. Okay. Then Iblis was rejected from the Mala'il A'la. He was in the high council of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Privy to meetings, privy to being in, in high places. He was expelled. Okay. And yaskuna. He cannot live there anymore. فَنَزَلَ إِلَى الْأَرْضِ And he was thrown into the earth حَقِيرًا ذَلِيلًا مَذْؤُومًا مَدْحُورًا Humiliated, wretched Okay Promised the hellfire Alright هُوَ وَمَنِ اتَّبَعَهُ مِنَ الْجِنِّ وَالْإِنسِ Everyone who followed him of the jinn and the ins إِلَّا أَنَّهُ مَعَ ذَلِكَ جَاهَدَ كُلَّ الْجُهْدِ عَلَى إِضْلَالِ الْبَشَرِ And he went and he continued trying to destroy the human being in every way, shape, and form. So, again, we talked about the the purpose of here, here was that we would ask about al-hinni wal-bin. And we said them about them is that the maximum that was said about them is that they were pre-Adamic, upright animals. They were upright. They walked upright. The humans... And the jinn and the malaika, they walk upright, okay? But this hin wal bin, they walk upright, but they don't have, they're non-rational. And their form is an admixture between humans and animals. Very odd, unique forms. Mythological creatures almost, right? And so we said here that al hin wal bin were mentioned here in... Uh, Ibn Kathir, so he's giving it worth, it, he's basically saying it's worthy of mention, but there's just not enough information, and there's a reason that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't tell us about them, okay? Okay. So we are not the first people to roam around and live on this earth, there was a whole other creature here, okay? Min ashar al-kutub al-tariqiyya all right, this is Bidayah uh, Nihaya from Ibn Kathir. And again, he just mentions it going back to uh, with the chain of transmission that they existed. That's it. Okay. All right. Haqiqat wujud And the thing is that why some moderns like it? Because it answers questions about artifacts, bones. Neanderthals. It sort of gives a link that, yeah, these were, we are not descended from them. They're an alternate creation in the seen world, Adam al Shahada, not Adam al Ghaib, that lived here on the earth. Okay. And some have said that, that some have said that when Allah taught Adam the names and he 
just it's uh, told the angels it was the names of the creations of the earth before he went on there. Okay, before he came to the earth, and Allah knows best about that. We we can we can't know that for sure, but some have given that tafsir. Has an objective name, a God-given name, and some we can name it. Right? Yeah. Like there's certain things that, like, when we don't know this, yeah. But that's actually like correct. Objectively, that's what that is. Correct. Allah has given it that name. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so um, it's. They said here, others have said yes. Fikudima spills blood. Jinn don't have blood. So they said about that that it's either an expression, an idiom for killing. Yes, fikudima is an idiom for killing, spilling blood, or it is actual blood being spilt. A mammal, a warm-blooded mammal, who killed another one, and killed another mammal. So they said, well, if if that's what he said, if that's what Allah said, then therefore there there is another creature here that actually killed, spilled blood. Also, if yes, fikudimat, spilling blood, is an idiom that the angels used regarding the jinn. Idioms have an origin in literal truths, then become idioms. What blood was there, right? Like, who had blood? The jinn don't have blood. You kill a jinn by burning it, and but doesn't bleed, Right? So there had to be something with blood in order for the idiom to exist in the first place. So that's an interesting tafsir there. Okay. That's really all we have. Is everyone goes back to Ibn Kathir, Ibn Kathir, Ibn Kathir. Nobody says anything else. Besides what Ibn Kathir said about um, pre-human human, uh, existence on the earth. And that's where when we say that they were destroyed or they were removed, it doesn't mean absolutely. It means that enough that we could, like when we, when we clear a population, uh, a land, that doesn't mean there's no animals there. There'll still be a raccoon every once in a while, a fox, a coyote, a black bear, right? It just means that it's clear enough for human beings to live on it. Okay. Oh, and one of the other reasons they said that Al-Yajuj Ma'juj was from them is because of the saying, Laif Qahuna Qawla. Yeah, Laif Qahuna Qawla. They don't speak. So therefore, they're not from the humans. Because the human being is Al-Haywanun Natuq. Right? So they don't speak. But then it says, it doesn't say, La Takallamun. They don't talk. It says they don't understand any speech, which is different. So there's debate. It's that's debatable too. In any event, isn't that interesting? All this stuff, I find it personally interesting. I find, huh? I yeah, I love this stuff. And I, I actually personally think that to forget alien is sort of silly, but in the earth there's still creatures that we probably can't figure out. Hey, you guys want some of this stuff? Take one. There's a halafa like uh, a while back. Yeah. I remember like it was a youth thing. And they're going around asking uh, all the brothers like. One thing that you want in Jannah. Yeah. Remember, I answered. I want to know like the whole history of humanity. Like, oh, every man. little thing. Like, yeah. The truth. Yeah. The Illuminati. Like. Yeah. Actually, was it? Yeah. I want to sit down and see everything like a movie. I would love to see, like the early days, right? Like everything. Yeah. Every what's what was going on on the Earth way before, right? 
and Ahmed. You gonna take sugars? There's no sugar in this. Just some sweetness. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. What's up? Subhanallah. Let's go to the Q and A because we're well. Otherwise, we won't get it. All right, let's talk. Hilarious. Listen to this. Liminaire, Liminaire, whatever. I chatted recently with a guy who said Qomluts became transgressors because they had been too strict in religion. So too much strictness in religion leads to... Where do you get it? Was there deen... In the time of Prophet Lut, when he is the uncle was Ibrahim, there were no deans. There were no religions. There's paganism, animism. Hilarious. There was no, there were no, what religion? Whose religion? Prophet Lut was sent to them. There was no religion. Hilarious. Actually, good point. Someone is saying here that our intellect and what we do with science, they view that as magic, the jinn. They view our work with technology, right? To them, that's magic in their view. And we see their behavior as magic. And all the magic is, is unexplained results. If you think about what, there's no, there's no, what is magic when people say it's unexplained results? Or it's something that I can't see or access. We call it magic, right? There's no, everything does have an explanation, right? All right, let's see. We have a listener here who now have twins, has twins, okay? One of our listeners had twins recently, and, and they're, they're tuning in as little infants, tuning in to nothing but facts. So welcome to the Mukhtar twins. Um, Aisha Mukhtar is someone who's always on the stream, and uh, they're listening now. And she, she had the kids, and now they're listening, mashallah. Yeah. I'm writing a Muslim fiction series with beings called Hin, Bin, and Jin, and Kin. Okay, metaphor for humans. Inspired by these narrations. I'm telling you, we got so much to inspire a lot of fiction and even nonfiction. Like, there's a lot of nonfiction you can write too. I heard jinns are actually afraid of humans because of our intellect to them. Our intellect and our mastery of the world, science, engineering, is like magic to them. Yeah, they can't explain to understand how we do it. We can't explain how they do their thing. 
So their their regular behavior seem we call it magic. Our behavior they probably call it magic. Except that we don't humans don't have a vested interest in harming jinn. It's like we're 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 moving on. Like we were the chosen species. You're has beens, right? You you guys screwed up. We're moving on. The new champion doesn't look back at the old champion. You you you're gone. Plus, right? But the the unseated champ has revenge in his heart. He needs to get back that guy who unseated him. But you'll never get us back. You either join us, right? You join the religions of, of the prophets that we have received, or you don't. You never will be a humans following jinn. Jinns don't receive prophets. They were made. Um, they were made uh, responsible by malaika angels informing them what they have to do. That's how they mukallaf. They made mukallaf. Yeah. Yeah. Say something, Ahmed. They feared Suleiman greatly. And they stay away from dhakirin. Basic dhakir. Someone who just regularly keeps wudu and, and does dhikr. They, they can't come near him. And that's why they get offended when that kind of person goes into to their to their areas. Like take a walk in um, certain parts of New York City that are filthy, filled with these shayateen. You anger them. Okay. Let's take uh, another question. How do I act upon the hadith of Ubay bin Ka'ab on salawat? Do I turn every dua into salawat? No. It's not the dua of going to the bathroom, a dua of eating. It's your nawafil, your ibadah, your extra ibadah. Your extra ibadah. So even when you sit and make dua, mingle salawat in the dua. But it doesn't refer to the dua of eating, the dua of entering the bathroom, dua of the card. It doesn't refer to those. It refers to your extra sitting down and dua ibadah. That you mingle it with salawat. Okay, I heard on a podcast say Allah have hands, fingers, feet is a valid position. No, we say that there's none like unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and we negate all of the external sarful ma'na an dahirihi is called tanzi sarful ma'na an dahirihi, removing the literal, outward, physical meaning Allah and then from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala regarding these verses. And Allah told us that there will be mutashab verses. He has informed us. This is not something that we're making up here. He is the one who said some of the verses of this Quran are mutashab. means it looks like something it cannot be. Okay? And that it is an obligation for every Muslim to know that Allah is not bound by time, place, physicality, uh, or direction. And he is not composed of anything. Like creation is always composed of something. Something goes from the knowledge of Allah... It's in his knowledge from pre-eternity. Allah never learns anything new. Okay? Or comes up with a new idea. Everything is already in, is in Allah's knowledge. Okay? And he wills for that thing to come into existence at a certain time. What does it mean coming into existence? It means take its material form. Everything is a material form. Angels are made of something. The soul is made of something. It's just we can't see everything. Okay? These tools that we have are limited. Okay? Oh, so there's no such thing as a creation, something that Allah created that has no form. There's no such thing. Okay, 
it has a form. So if I'm thinking right now of a polka dotted pink and green polka dotted elephant that flies around and eats flowers, okay? Does it exist? No, it doesn't exist. Just in it's words that I said. That's all it exists. All that exists is those words. Imaginations do not exist, okay? All right. So it's something is not existent. Is is not a thing. It becomes a thing when Allah Subhanahu wa Taala gives it its material form. Before that, it exists in Allah's knowledge. Right? Is it okay to ask Allah for a miracle? We should ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for our aid, for our help, for everything. Um, but we do not ask Allah ta'ala for, for something that is... I don't, I don't see that we, we ask Allah for miracles. We ask Allah ta'ala to help us in a matter and if that in my mind is a miracle in my mind okay but I ask Allah Ta'ala to make me get out of a situation that's what you ask for the if if something miraculous has to happen for that to happen that's so be it but we don't look out for miracles we just ask for our help whatever help we need uh Maz H Finally did nikah one month back. Very well done. Congratulations. May Allah bless you. Hey, hey you guys, did you guys go to um, Muad's event? How was it? What do you mean you didn't go? Did you go to the Muad's event? Marriage, matrimonial? How many people are usually there? I'm just curious. So sell out crowd, bro. Did you go for the hood at least? Idea, huh? huh? Did you go for us? Why'd you skip the message that day, man? <laughs> okay. There were like 50, 50 people there. Tons of people. Tons of people. Successful there. Huh? When did you start this up? It's successful, right? Basically. Yeah, Moad's just successful. Two two years now. Oh, really? Yeah. Two years. Okay. What do you mean, uh, Abdi Jama? What do you mean? Does it mean the jinn were already judged? No, they die and they get judged just like us on the Day of Judgment. Can you imagine how many people are at the Day of Judgment? Like, how many human beings have existed. If we're a billion, how many billion are we now? Like Eight billion? billion? Eight billion. Plus history. Past, past history. Yeah. Add all the history before us. Then add all the cre- creations before us of the jinn. Then all of whatever animals are going to get resurrected. These animals get resurrected too. Because so that justice can be done. Let's say a human abuses a horse. The horse gets resurrected. Right? If no oppression happened to an animal, then no... Re- then and he didn't. Then he's resurrected as a witness. Uh, a cat was resurrected. I was there on the night of the murder, right? A squirrel that was there at the O.J. Simpson murder, right? <laughs> That's a witness right there. Everything will speak. Okay. If I pray Aisha and recite Surat Al-Mulk, then go to a bed. Do I have to recite Surat Al-Mulk before bed, or is that recitation sufficient for my nightly du'a? What do you think? I don't know the answer to that. I do not know. I don't... It's a good question. Yeah, I mean, I don't see why not. It's that There's nothing that says whoever recites it out of Salah. It's just whoever recites it, right? Okay, so if I say and I recite Surah Al-Kahf, 
right, in the Tahiyat al-Masjid. Is that not counting for me? Of course it is. So I'm leaning to say the answer is yes, it counts for you, right? Because you didn't have to recite that surah, right? Like you could have recited I didn't, it. Yeah, I didn't have to. And there's nothing, there's no shart in the hadith of the Prophet, whoever, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, whoever recites it's outside of salah. There's no shart that says that. So why should we put a shart where Allah didn't put a shart? In fact, maybe you get more reward because everything done in salah is greater than outside of salah. It's embedded in a fard, and the fard ibadah is greater than the nafl ibadah. Okay. What if it's in jama'ah and the, the imam is reciting it, but you're not reciting it? But like, it mm. counts as you're reciting. Would that count? I would say no. Like for us. For you're the, the listener, not the reciter. And the Prophet said, the recite whoever recites it. I mean, but also the hadith that like the imam's recitation is yours. Like, right? It's yours as a hukum that it happened. Hukum, okay. Yeah. Right? And Allah knows best. If that was true, then like that would be a cheat code. Yeah. Everyone gets the... The whole, yeah. The whole reward of it. Yeah. <laughs> Can I refer to people who reject hadith as heretics? Yes, you may. Yeah, of course. Lucky they're even... You may consider not even Muslims. Right? As like zindiq. Because, because it leads to rejecting mutawatir hadith. And you reject mutawatir. So, so zakat said fits is not part of Islam now. It's from the hadith. Fasting. Okay. Many rules of fasting. Many rules of salah will only come from hadith. How about Eid? Can you have a Muslim who rejects Eid? Is this not something known in religion by necessity that we have Eidain? Right? Um, where is the Prophet buried? Where is that in the Quran? Is that not known by necessity? Where where is Mecca? Why is Mecca there? Like why? Okay, we know there's Mecca. The book tells us there's Mecca, right? With the book tells us there's Arafat. It's in the Quran. Why is it? Do you believe it's there? Why do you believe that claim, that it's physically in that longitude and latitude area? Transmission, right? Now these people, if you if you look into their claims, you'd have to. These people cannot be considered, uh, and then in practice, they never have communities. You can't build a community around this. They, they have no rituals. That's why they do not have rituals. What do they do on Friday? They do Juma. Is this not known in religion almost by necessity? Okay, Juma. So what do they do on Friday? Should I be scared of death or happy when the time comes? Accept it with open heart. It's not that we want to die, but if we're forced to face it, we can accept it. But we should never put ourselves in a position to die. We're not, we, we said Omar used to love life. Why? To enjoy the apples and oranges and marriage? No. Although those are blessings. But to build for his akhirah. And getting more you, We're planting more seeds So a person is able to plant seeds For three hours And then sit back and watch your growth Another person He's given 24 hours Another person is given 72 hours Who's going to have a bigger garden? Chances are 72 hours, right? Can you 
can you say about the soul? Oh, the ruh. I, I will speak to you about the ayat of the Quran on the ruh because there's there's situation. The ruh is a very different situation. Okay, and the ruh, it is oftentimes said, is not the name of the substance, but it's the name of the command given to the nafs, because the word ruh is always combined with the word amr in the Quran. Okay, and it's almost like a new law, a new command. A new destiny. That's what the 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 ruh. But others said no. It is a substance because Allah infused. He says he did not say he placed the command. He gave the command. No, he infused. Okay, the command. So therefore, it's as if it's intertwined with the nafs. Okay, and hence the concept of ruh and nafs has always been one of many statements. Is the ruh, are the ruh and the nafs one thing? Are they separate things? Are they two facets of the same thing? Okay, so that's why those things have been discussed as different. Uh, th- there's never really one qawl, qawlun fasl on the ruh and the nafs. Increasing baraka in time. You want to do increase baraka in time? I'll tell you how to increase baraka in time. Thalab Razi, or Talib Razi, sorry. No one would name Thalib. Thalib is a fox, right? Yeah. <laughs> Thalib? They, don't they say that the Thalib is crafty? Yeah. So, um, time, when you're, when you're jammed on time and you're jammed on, you know, finances, you're jammed in everything, what you want to do is uh, you want to hit some special, some secret nodes that Allah has in the creation that he's, he's given us. Through the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Okay. The night is made for sleeping. The day is made for working. The more that you can work in the day, the better. The more you can sleep in the night, the better. So, people who were um, who were very busy, who then work daily, deep into the night, one, two, three a.m. In the night because they're just so busy. Then they're up again at like say 9 a.m. This will lead you to being manic. You will be manic. You will be messed up in the head. Why? Because you flip nature. You do the same exact thing but reverse it now. Take that whole 18 hour work day of yours. Shift it upwards. Where you're up at 4 a.m. If you're so busy, get up at 4 a.m. And then you sleep let's say 8, 9, 10 p.m. Get a decent night's sleep. And then up at 4 p.m., right? Imagine you slept so early, you have to wake up to, to pray Aisha. It's permitted if you have a need. It's makru to do it without a need. Permitted with a need, right? Because sometimes Aisha is so late and you got to sleep earlier than that. You will see a big uh, world of difference. And then in the daytime from, let's say, the Tahajjud time until Maghrib, the maximum that we should really aim to sleep less than like one to two hours max. And you should push that one to two hours as for like what is the best milk is the first batch that comes out, right? What is the best time to have coffee? Right away when the bean is fresh. When you get a bag of coffee, that bag of coffee, it's as soon as oxygen hits it, uh, you're ruining it. It's just a matter of days until this is garbage. Right? That's why there's a secret. They never sell you a small bag of coffee. Always selling you a big bag of coffee. This doesn't benefit me, right? 
Because if you're alone and you're the only one drinking it, you only got one or two weeks to finish that. If he passed two weeks and that bag could again open and close, open and close, open and close, all that oxygen mixing with the coffee, throw it all out. The day is the same thing. The best part of the day that is most productive is that first few hours. Okay. You will do in that first few hours what you will do 10 times the rest of the day. And so once the more, the, the, the hot and the duha. Before dhuhr and after dhuhr. You can take a nap before dhuhr. You can take a nap after dhuhr. Doesn't not going to hurt your day. Okay. You can sleep before dhuhr or after dhuhr. But point being is that the sun is khalas. It's up. The sun's up. Whether you take a nap after that's no problem. But you need to milk that early part of the day and you will see yourself. Even this a weird feeling. It's like when you get up and you're doing stuff, there's a weird feeling like I'm ahead of all everyone else. Everyone else is snoring. And I'm nailing them. I'm crushing stuff. There's something about the clarity of your, your mind after having slept. And something about the ability you can't talk to anybody, right? No one's awake in the house. But you also can't text anyone. Who's texting? You just text someone at four in the morning, right? Like no one's texting you. You're not texting anyone else. No one's calling you. No, one, you're not calling anyone else. So it's a, such a concentrated amount of time. And that's how you get out of holes. People are in holes and they have to-do lists up to here. The solution is not to make a cup of coffee at 10 p.m. You will drive yourself into a manic. You will become messed up in the head. What you're going to do now at that point, and let's say you woke up late, you have a, you, how do you break the bad habit? I wake up really late and I sleep late because eight, nine, 10 o'clock comes and I'm not tired. I'll tell you how to break the habit. Get on the treadmill. Okay. Get on the treadmill and exhaust yourself that first day. The first day, how to break the cycle. I'll tell you how to break the cycle. Get on the treadmill, exhaust yourself, then eat. Okay? Then pray Isha and knock out. The food, the exhaustion will prematurely end your day. You will knock out. And if you can eat meat even. This is not a good habit to do all the time. But this is the emergency. Like, oh shoot, I'm messed up. I woke up at 11. I'm not going to be tired until 2 a.m. How do I cut that? Okay? You cut that by hitting the treadmill or take a walk. Like a ridiculously long walk. Three miles up, three miles back. Or just get on the treadmill. Just Even if you watch something, you just stay on the treadmill for two, three, two, three hours. Just walking. You will be so tired. Even one hour, two hours, right? You'll be so tired. And then have a meal. This is all bad habits in general. These are emergency codes, cheat codes, right? This is for the emergency. Exceptions, they, have, they permit certain things. You're just going to be tired. Then you'll sleep early. Once you sleep early that first night, you're going to realize what you've been missing out on. Because I guarantee what's going to happen is your eyes are going to open up at 1 a.m. You're going to feel so fresh and you're going to feel like, oh, I got to make wudu for fudge. You're going to look at your clock and it says 1 a.m. You think it says 5 a.m. It'll say 1 a.m. I can't believe this. Go back to sleep, right? Then at that point, then you can get early, get up early you're not going to be able to do it without a nap in the beginning. So you get up, squeeze that first few hours of the day, then take a rest again, right? Let's say you squeeze out three hours of the day. Then you sleep. One, 90 minutes, even if you do two hours, which is not, that's too much, right? For a, a day, that's not a day nap. That's something else, right? 
60, 90 minutes, you wake up, you feel like it's a second day. You really feel like it's, this is a second day now. But this, this is the second day where half my to-do list is gone. And you need lists. You got to make to-do lists okay, the night before. Like while you're sitting there before you're sleeping, you put that on like a piece of paper that you could look at. Not on a phone, on a piece of paper that you could look at. Okay, You put something in the notes of your phone, that's fine, but it'll disappear. But you have it on the thing so you know what to check off. The other thing is to pray every salah in its correct time. Early. As much as possible. Because once this adhan goes off, there's an obligation over your head. It slows you down. It weighs on your conscience. And you don't get the angel's support. But then once you make wudu and, and pray, okay, then the angels help you. And the burden is lifted. The only salah that you have leeway to is dhuhr. The whole time, from dhuhr to asr, you have the choice. It's a ruqsa from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not, not a shara'i ruqsa, I'm just saying, like, lingu- linguistically, Allah give you a, give us a break in that one. Every other salah, like, with the exception of fajr, should be prayed when you're guaranteed that it's in. Like, sometimes they, the, 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 these apps and calendars, by the way, they only you feed with a dhan. They only benefit you speculative knowledge. I'm absolutely certain. You have to wait a little bit. So Fajr, you, you got to wait a little bit after the app tells you it's in. 15, 20, 30 minutes. Um, Aisha is best prayed before you sleep. Not right away when it comes in. Because in the wintertime, it's going to come in around like 7, let's say. 6 even. Even earlier, right? 6 maybe? 6.15? 6, 6.15, 6.30. So that's not recommended to pray Aisha and then have a long day after that. No. You pray Aisha before you sleep or with the masjid, whenever the masjid prays. Like right here we pray at 7.30 when, when, when in the wintertime. These are some of the basic things that a, that a person could do when they just all of a sudden, like I can't anymore. I'm shot. Like my life is, schedule is just piling up, piling up. Another thing, delete your social media. Just delete it. Sign off. Just sign off. TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, you will not imagine, you cannot imagine how much free time and free mind space. Like you're going to get in arguments that taking up a mind space. Someone going to say something that bothered you, taking up brain space. Delete. How do I balance being impulsive and overthinking during decision making? Hmm, That's a good question. First of all, it depends which decision. If it is the decision that is between you and Allah, such as charity or ibadah, be impulsive. If it is the decision that pertains to your wealth, to your relationships, to employment, to anything that is of the dunya that can harm me, then think. Okay? That's the benefit. When you've thought and you've asked advice and you come to a conclusion and your advisors have given you good advice, then there's no reason to be overthinking. Now be impulsive again. Okay? So the impulsiveness has a button. Turn it on and turn it off. Overthinking, thinking has, what call it overthinking? It's called thinking. On and off button too. So in acts of ibadah, like, should I make wudu now or should I make wudu afterwards? Make wudu now. Should I recite my wid right now or should I just wait till I 
make it do it now. So in what's between you and Allah, be impulsive. I want to sit for du'a. Should I do it now or should I do it later? Do it now. When it comes to matters of wealth, matters of purchases, ma- matters that can harm you in this world, think. Be slow. Consult. Sleep on it. Do, ma- do the math. Open a, uh, an Excel sheet. All right? Calculate. Think. All right? Seek advice. Don't make it until you have a meeting. Have more meetings. Then once your shura, once your group of advisors, once the people have you thought about it, and they've said, yeah, yeah, it, it checks out. Then be impulsive. Okay, Act again. You have to act. That's one way to break it down. Is Allah from Alam al-Ghayb? Unreal. Who created Alam al-Ghayb then? He's not from Alam at all. He says Allah is from Alam al-Ghayb. It's insane. Some of these mujassima. After the nikah, Maaz said he got a promotion. Which reminds me of a question recently I got from a youth. He said, what's better to have kids and then spend all your money on them? Or, right? Or not have kids, save all your money and use it for the good. I said, firstly, you're making a mistake here. Do you think you're spending your money on your kids? No parent no mom and dad ever spends their wealth on their kids whatever you spend on them was theirs in the first place from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala children come with their own wealth right and you in fact will get nothing other than either the reward of giving it to them as an as a you're entrusted with that wealth and you give it to them or allah will give you the reward and give you a cut because we are also allowed, so we're conduits. Every parent is a conduit. My kid's risk is coming from himself, with him. Okay? He was meant to eat this chicken nugget, okay? Or this lollipop, or this bowl of cereal. He was meant to eat it either way. I'm the conduit from it. What do I get out of it? I get to have a bowl too, right? We become the conduits. So a child, Allah has may have willed for one child... To have a, a meager upbringing. Barely. One bedroom apartment. Another child, Allah wants him to grow up in a big house. So he'll give you the first one first. When you're still poor. Right? Because it's not his risk to live in a big house. Until he's 17, let's say. Then the other one's born. It's Allah has a willed for him to live in the big house from for his whole child. I want him to be pampered. So what Allah wants. He wants the first one to grow up meager. And the one next one pampered. Well, who's in the middle of it all? The dad and the mom. So because you have a child who has a big risk written for him, it comes through you. Guess what? You also get to live in the big house too. If it wasn't for this kid, you wouldn't have lived in the big house. You'd have lived in any old house, right? So you, we are the beneficiaries of the risk. That's why we don't have an abortion problem, right? In a sense that we don't want to abort kids or not have kids because of fear of wealth. If anything, we are the beneficiaries of kids' wealth, not the other way around. They're not taking anything from our wealth. We're taking from their wealth. What a philosophy. Philosophy of wealth in Islam, and that it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that is no one is taking our wealth, and no one, and children, they come with their own wealth. 
Wives come with their wealth. Every dependent that you take on comes with their wealth. If you were to adopt a child, it comes with their wealth. You get married a woman, it comes with her wealth. Okay. All right, last question. Is there a method to gain a lot of wealth in Islam? Yes, the Prophet ﷺ said nine-tenths of wealth is in trade. So if you are either fulfilling a function for someone that's called employment or you're selling something, you could sell a service, you could sell a good. And the Prophet ﷺ said nine-tenths of wealth goes to the merchants, right? So then we wonder why there's a rich class because Allah has willed it that way. These are ones taking a risk. So sell something, sell a service, sell a good or a product, basically open a business, do tijara. So if you have a job, let's say you're uh, uh, an IT or let's say you're um, in some other function, try to find a way to sell something. And, and, it's amazing how it's not complicated. You want to hear one of the stories of a billion-dollar company? A billion-dollar company, okay? A woman came from a war-torn country in middle America way back in the day. And the U.S. was supporting this war-torn country and bringing the immigrants over. All you had to do was file... And you can bring your relatives over. She start bringing her, all her cousins, all her sisters, all her brothers, all her uh, uh, relatives, and the, the neighbors and all of them, bringing them all over. Now, of course, they came here. They don't work. So she passes by one time, and she starts going to garage sales to get stuff for them. We need a chair. Too poor. Go to a garage sale, pick a chair. And then one day she said, well, um, I can have my own garage sale. So I don't have a garage sale. And then there was a used furniture store, okay? And she would get furniture for them from the used furniture store, right? And then she realized, like, um, she would buy it from them and then sell it to her relatives at a very similar price, okay? First, she was giving it away. They said, I can't keep giving stuff away. Sell it at an equal price. So she's the conduit because she speaks English. They don't. She buys it. They buy it from the same price. She got so used to that. She did that so many times. She said, hold on a second. People have these garages. Why don't I buy it? I'll just put it on my driveway and sell it for five bucks more. She started doing that in her driveway. Going to the used furniture store, buying up stuff, garage sale. People love garage sales. They go and they're buying the used furniture. She saved them a trip. Instead of going to the... Uh, then that ended up opening up Learning about where does the used furniture guy get his furniture from? This is furniture. This is not tech, right? There's nothing special about this. Chairs, sofas, tables. Where are you getting your stuff from, right? I said, well, listen, I'll tell you, but you, you know, don't build it around here. Build it somewhere else. He said, fine. She said, fine. I'll build mine somewhere else. You just tell me where you get it. He's like, okay, here's the phone numbers. You go, they unload the furniture for cheap, but just build it somewhere else. So you don't compete against me here. It's a deal. She makes her first deal where she gets information for respecting his territory. She goes opposite side of the town now and does the same thing. 
goes, hauls this junk furniture used and starts selling it. Okay. But the thing is that she just kept doing it enough times that she just got good at it. By the way, illiterate. She doesn't read. Hardly, she speaks English as a second language. Okay. Fast forward nearly 75 years or so. 75 years. Buying and selling furniture. Buying and selling furniture. Then you can imagine now. She's out of the used furniture. She's in new furniture. The business topped a billion dollars. A billion. On what? Sofas and chairs and tables. There's no invention here. She just got better and better and better at doing the same thing. How about there's a physician down in like North Carolina or something. His wife had a homemade remedy for skin lotion. You know, like some people put some lemon, put some honey, mix it with coconut oil, and it's their own version of like a skincare, right? So then she starts putting in containers, give it to her friends. Make more in the kitchen, give it to her friends. Make more in the kitchen, give it to her friends, right? Then strangers are calling up. All right, make more in the kitchen, sell it. So she got very good at bot. The back and forth between the buyer and the seller kept, you keep doing that over and over, you just get better at it. And she did it. And then all of a sudden, um, it grew from the kitchen to now I need to rent. How do you rent a kitchen? Well, she's go rent an old warehouse, little nook in a warehouse, made a kitchen, pay someone to make the same lotion all the time. Then someone says, hold on a second. Why are you doing this in America? It doesn't make any sense. Make it somewhere else, right? So she takes one flight, sets it up, comes back. Now they're making it for dirt cheap, shipping it over. Oh, all that, but we'll have, make a website. All right, make a website. Next thing, one link. All right, uh, uh, someone to ship it. One thing less to another. She had passed $2 million last I checked. Muslim woman in like Maryland, her husband's a doctor. This poor husband. I'm a doctor. I got this illiterate woman here. All right, I'm in charge. No, you're not in charge. She's making $2 million now. You're not making $2 million. You know, these doctors, when they marry someone from the old country, that's what happened. As a doctor, married a woman from the old country. Like an illiterate woman from the old country. This is right. This is this is the true story. And you know, like that doctor, he's he's the king of the house. Not anymore. He's like an employee, right? <laughs> What's that uh, scene from that movie? I'm the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the scene now, right? Look here. The pirate movie was yep. like She got into the more blessed business. In terms of risk, Allah's messenger said nine-tenths of risk is in buying and selling, not in healing and, and medicating, right? You have a guaranteed money in medicine, but it's also a ceiling, right? One person's been spamming. Spamming what? What's the question? Uh, where does one stand next to a grave? Is it preferable on the right hand next to their head or? By the head. Uh, also, how loud can one recite Quran? Deceased, I guess. Uh, in the same way that as if the person was right in front of you. Here's a Swedish Muslim saying, I, uh, I'm a social worker. How do I deal with the LGBT movement? You may do anything except make what is haram halal and har- halal haram and support someone in the haram. Those are the rules of the parameters of the law. So if uh, someone who is, no matter what they are, a devil worshiper, ha, ha, come and help me sign up for food stamps, you help them sign up. 
Come and help me and sympathize with me for being a devil worshiper. No, no, I have no business with that. Come and help me. Show me how I can build a temple for worshiping Satan. No, I won't do that. Okay. Government come and says, no, you have to help him. Okay, well, you find another employee then. Did the prophet have a long beard? Yeah, he beard to his chest. What was the question they th said that uh, someone said? Can you please answer my question too? Yeah, that's the one I was talking about. Okay, good, good. Ladies and gentlemen, we got to run. We got to go. Jazakumullah khairan. We will have some nice announcements later this week. Support us and like and subscribe to our channel. Safina Society and support us on patreon.com slash Safina Society and start signing up for classes. We'll talk about that tomorrow, bi'idnillahi, for the fall semester. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik nashadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruku wa natubu ilayk wal asr inna al-insana lafi khusr illa alladhina amanu aminu salihat wa tawasaw bilhaq wa tawasaw bilsabr wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah.